Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Adnan Shafi, and I'm going to be your host for Pariah Nation today. Today, we have a very, very special guest with us. His name is Leroy Mosaru. Do you just want to briefly tell us about who you are, what do you do, and uh, just briefly explain uh, your projects and the like topics surrounding them? Just uh, Sure. Uh, my name is Leroy Mosaru. I am a design thinking uh, a prodigy uh, and also a renewable energy entrepreneur. So with uh, renewable energy, I specialize more on biogas, and with design thinking, I specialize mostly on uh, um, work workforce skills and innovation skills, uh, mostly with young adults. So uh, I do this through two organizations. The first is with, with the renewable energy. I do that through Green Pact, um, and then with uh, the skills, uh, with the skills, I do it through uh, Kamboni. Mm, that's interesting, and um, I've heard about Green Pact before. Um, and you said you focus mainly on biogas. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, <clears throat> how exactly is that fitting into the the business atmosphere here in Kenya, and uh, how have you been able to <clears throat> use your biogas digesters to, let's say, make energy for mm-hmm. your clients? Like, just briefly describe how the business operates. Uh, okay. So, uh, 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 Green Park mainly uses uh, biogas energy, and that again stems from uh, this. A uh, uh, simple sense, uh, 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 principle that if you put say any organic um, uh, uh, material in a container, then constrict it, what you get out of it is CH four and, and hydrogen. So, what we do is uh, take what you call your everyday waste and we convert it into uh, useful useful gas at CH four. Uh, we of course filter the hydrogen sulfide, which comes as a as a as a byproduct. And then we get to to, to uh, use that now for cooking gas. You get to use that for lighting and also for drying. Um, another uh, important thing is that you know energy isn't um, energy isn't isn't uh, a luxury. It's it's a basic need that still mm-hmm. isn't being uh, adjusted as it's supposed to be. Um, we're still in we in twenty twenty yet. We still have. Um, still have energy deficiencies, especially especially with the big uh, industry industry players, and so this tells us there's this very big gap that that's still yet to be solved, and that's what we are trying to solve for with Green Pact. That's yeah, that's a wonderful idea. I think especially with climate change uh, coming around, and it's going to hit Africa really hard. Mm-hmm. We've already seen the. <laughs> Seasons are becoming very weird where it's starting to rain in dry season mm-hmm. and uh, when it's supposed to not be raining, right, it's it's raining, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in other places in the world, like we've seen Australia is currently on fire and mm-hmm. half a billion animals have just died from that. So I think that we definitely move need to move towards more renewable energy sources. And like you've, you've briefly just explained, like there's a lot of big industry and uh, it's become a basic need for those industries to have energy, right? True, true. So... Currently, what's the demand that you're meeting with your biogas digesters? And um, 
for example, let's say, just give us a, a bit of scale in terms of how much, how many kilograms of waste would um, be able to power a house, for example, for let's say a whole day. Okay, okay. Um, so if you said from domestic level, um, so from a domestic level, let's say uh, the setting is maybe in a peri-urban uh, settlement, that, that uh, so your kitchenness would be your direct feed. And uh, so with uh, an average of around, say, 5 kg that's being fed mm-hmm. into the digester, say, uh, daily or every two days, that should be enough uh, kilograms to help sustain for at least at least four days, uh, giving it a window of around uh, three to four days to digest, depending on the calorific content of the feed that you put into the digester. Mm. So the higher calorific feed, say, things like uh, baby raw vegetables, um, some flour, that really mm-hmm. increases the calorific value, so it makes it it makes sure that there's faster digestion of the of the of the waste. Um, your next question was about the remind me. Um, so basically, just giving us a bit of scale, uh, and um, yeah, just generally speaking, do you think that we'd be able to meet the demand of mm-hmm. big industries with something like biodigesters? Okay. Uh, um, in terms of scale, uh, so so for last year we did around say uh, around thirty to forty uh, digesters. Uh, however, there's still a very mm-hmm. big demand that yet that's yet to be achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I'm saying this is uh, we need uh, it needs to be coordinated. We can't just do it uh, just by our own with biggest digesters. This is uh, a whole a whole a whole. Um, a whole uh, view that 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 that's not seen uh, by see uh, someone who would see it from the outside. So with biogas, we need uh, a little bit of solar to supplement the kind of the kind of energy we uh, uh, we want to see supplement the, the industrial sector with um, with uh, say with geothermal power doesn't work by its own. Mm. It's supplemented by other by other forms of energy. Mm. Same with biogas. Uh, in itself, it has a very big potential. Uh, I, th- I think case in point uh, with a very fast digester we built that was in 20 and 2015 mm-hmm. um, the part that came out of it was probably too much than what the farmer would uh, need that was a uh, we did, mm. did a, we did a system for a farmer based in tighter to better and so the power which comes out of it was more than what uh, he would actually need it so the the, the waste was coming from the the, the, the uh, cow dung so mm. he had a zero grazing unit and connected that zero grazing unit to the digester. Wow. So yeah. you're currently meeting the needs of farmers in in all kinds of areas, whether it's rural or you're currently also meeting the need. Mm. Are you meeting any needs of urban uh, business owners? Um, have you had to venture into that yet? Yeah. So with that, uh, uh, um, we're in the pipeline. I can't speak in the pipeline because uh, we haven't finalized anything yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm very optimistic that in the year twenty, this year twenty twenty, uh, we're going to at least um, deliver those which we are uh, kind of in conversation with. Um, um, they range from institutions uh, to uh, even companies, and 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 also schools. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. No, that's pretty impressive. I think. Um, do you think, for example, if someone had like a school, as you just said, if mm-hmm. a school's lunch, uh, like use the like lunch waste. Right, and they put into a biodigester. Mm-hmm. Do you think that from that you'd be able to power, let's say, one building in the school, let's say the computer lab? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, so with biogas, it really works with the economies of scale. So the larger it is, the better. 
Um, so our very first prototype for uh, what would become Dream Park tools in in high school, and what we what we had is um, we used every day waste every uh, um, food that you would normally leave um, leave over your your piece of ugali, mm-hmm. your uh, skuma wiki. Then we used to put that into the digester, and that used to power the whole kitchen. Uh, so if we had done it at a much bigger scale, we would have been able to say power um, a school uh, with electricity. But then that involves additional infrastructure, so that you need a um, you need a generator to transform that biogas energy into electricity. Ah, okay. Yeah. No, I, I definitely I see where that's coming from, and yeah, I think first of all, well done. Uh, uh, it's a it's a huge initiative that you're running. And uh, I think especially for farmers, as you've said, that's a wonderful way to get them get them started. And I, I'll just perhaps ask, what's your vision for Green Pact? Do you, do you mm-hmm. expect it to, let's say, in the next 30 years, mm-hmm. be the equivalent of a national electricity provider in Kenya? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, so our, our vision is to be uh, to lead in, 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 in a market that we serve uh, currently. That's uh, that's Kenya. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, we have ideal markets that we would uh, want to serve, uh, Rwanda being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the vision, I'd say, would be more of uh, being a leader in where we are. Uh, of course, we are really setting up uh, a ground. Um, it's not something that, that's done in just a snap of a finger. It takes a lot of time, a lot of building blocks here and there, a lot of mm-hmm. collaboration. Uh, but yeah, we aim to, 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 to be the leading provider of biogas energy in East Africa, say, giving ourselves a five-year um, runway. Mm, and have you had any competition from anywhere? Are there any other companies that are doing the same thing? Um, or have any big corporations tried to intimidate you? Um, uh, what I'd say that with the, the couple of players who are in the space as well, um, specific biogas energy, mm-hmm. um, I think competition is very uh, important in the in the aspect of uh, driving innovation. And I think that's very important at this uh, stage because biogas, biogas energy, especially in Kenya, is a very, it's a very young industry. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the fact that there's a couple of players who are in the, who are in the, in the space really helps with the spurring innovation at a much faster rate as opposed if there were, say, maybe two or just three, peop- three people who were, say, venturing in that, uh, in that, in that, in that sector. Mm. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you in terms of competition. Uh, it, it would definitely strengthen uh, an infant industry such as this. And yeah, I think also there's a lot of, it's, there's a lot of opportunity for collaboration, I'm guessing, right? Because as you said, you have to supplement all of these different uh, energy sources with other energy sources. Mm-hmm. So just briefly explain, like, um, wh- which partnerships have you made? Uh, and you've talked about expanding into Rwanda, which sounds extremely exciting because they're seen as the nation that's actually, you know, bringing up all of these different new innovative trends, right? So mm-hmm. who have you had to collaborate with to make Green Pact possible? Um, okay, so it's a it's a mix of both international and and, 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 and local partners. So with local partners, so we have to work with schools. We have to also mm-hmm. seek support at the legislative uh, level. To, oh. to, to, to drive uh, some of, our, some of our, uh, our, our projects because um, looking at this like um, hardly any regulation within the field we have to mm-hmm. also work hand in hand so that 
the police that come out of out of what uh, a collaboration is we'll say there mm-hmm. at the legislative level it it serves uh, it's it's it serves both our our interests in the in the in the in the long term um so with the international partners um maybe if I were to name a few um mostly as have one young male who we have uh, mm-hmm. worked with through uh, Audi so with uh, Audi uh, that's uh, the the environmental arm we worked with them to try and build uh, one register mm-hmm. and that's that's that that's um, still going on and uh, going on forward we we hope to work with more especially energy partners from from uh, from the international scene mainly because the in terms of technology as much as we would want to partner with the local uh, uh, local um, players the the kind of technology that they they do process um is to a much uh, high degree. Mm. Yeah. No, I think that's yeah, no, it's understandable and yeah, it's impressive as well you've managed to seal international partners like you've just mentioned one young world and that's Audi, right? And Greenpact has undoubtedly like grown, right? Mm-hmm. And um it's not yet a massive company but it's definitely disrupting the entrepreneurial scene here in Kenya. Mm-hmm. And we'll like kind of trace back to the question like where did this all start from like did what was your first entrepreneurial idea as a kid or like what did you ever feel weird when you'd think of solutions or were you like the nerd yeah. in school like what was your story um uh i was quite the uh, had the, quite the normal uh, childhood um mm-hmm. so i think my first entrepreneurial uh, venture would be just <laughs> to sell cds we used to like buy blank cds and burn them and then sell them to matatus. <laughs> so that that was my first entrepreneurial uh, um, okay. thingy. And uh, going back to Green Park, like where mm-hmm. did it all start? Uh, so with the Green Park, it all started as a high school project. So that that began when I was back way in uh, in, uh, in in high school. So it's a school called Maseno, built in in Western Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had this big problem where you know with public schools, um, it's really not enough boarding facilities mm. and so um, on top of a, new, of a new boarding facility being built uh, we had this big challenge as well that the the CO system was broken and you know with uh, with Maseno it, it shared a, a, a piece of land with the neighboring community mm. and the damage on the CO system meant that that uh, that waste would overflow into the streams that would be at times the domestic source of water to this local community. Mm. So there was an uproar uh, by the neighboring community about uh, the damage that's being done to the water source. So um, I took it. I, I I took it as a as a as a as a, as a responsibility to make sure mm-hmm. that something is done about this. So we designed a a, um, a bagus digester that would utilize that. Um, we went and, 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 and had our first prototype. It exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, okay. yeah, it, it really did. I think that really taught us a lot about um, rapid iteration. So that aspect of uh, mm. really learning fast as, you, as, you're, moving, as you're moving forward. So uh, given some time, of course, we got into a little bit of trouble with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some runway and then we were able to build a, a second prototype which uh, now powers the school kitchen wow yeah okay um, and that's how that's how green park was born 
That's <laughs> so after uh, exploding biogas digesters oh. and uh, after learning all of that, um, I guess what was your biggest learning point in that whole journey? I think uh, doing it at a very young age. Um, I think the biggest uh, uh, um, lesson has to be that you know uh, education in itself doesn't happen solely in class. There's a lot of mm. a lot of support structures which which exist and. Uh, I think for me, uh, one rubric I, I, I hold to myself to know if I'm really um, progressing is at what rate am I learning? So mm. am I, if it gets to maybe a month or two, maybe if I'm doing something and I'm not learning as much, then it's not really worth it. But if mm. I'm learning as much as, as a lot of things, uh, it's, it's, I think it's really promising and, 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 and worth it. Yeah, no, I've, I think I've also come to discover something similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it comes with anything. I think one, one thing that school doesn't prepare you for is that rapid rate of learning. Yeah, right. Um, to, the, to some extent. To some extent, yeah. Yeah, to, to a large extent, I think so. Because mm-hmm. you have exams that are maybe in like one, two, three years, right? You're preparing for huge exams, right? And maybe you'll have like a test, right? But you know the syllabus. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship mm-hmm. has no syllabus, right? So you find that you're thrown into the world and just like you, a problem seems to affect you or you spot a problem that's affecting people that you care about and then you seek to solve it, right? And with that, it doesn't just come with, um, for example, like you don't just magically grow a skill set in mm-hmm. building a biodigester, more or less like you don't even know if that's the proper solution to the problem, mm-hmm. right? So um, this will lead me on to my next question, right? Mm-hmm. What was what was it like learning all the science behind that and, um, you know, all the, what, what roadblocks did you find when you were trying to learn uh, how to build this biodigester and solve the issue itself? Uh, okay, uh, so with, uh, with, with, with regard to like learning how to uh, put the building blocks together and also the science behind the digester, um, okay, so it has a lot of its foundations uh, and builds a lot of lessons from uh, biology or physics um we had like learn a lot a lot of that through the available resources we had because at that mm-hmm. time we were in form two which is i think grade 11 if i'm not wrong um mm-hmm. so being in form two and that concept in itself is uh, a form three concept that's like grade grade 11 so it's a wow. 11 concept so we had like uh, try and like get these resources so that we could learn as fast as possible and hopefully have something that would be at least a viable thing that shows okay we know what we're doing and this is sort of the direction that we want to to go to um mm. of course um um thank god we failed um, <laughs> <laughs> you say thank god we failed yeah why, why I, do you say that because uh, i think it would have been a, a very lousy lesson if um just right off the bat what you did didn't uh, um it would just have been a, a lousy lesson if if, if what you did just off the bat just took off, you know, mm. um, we would go on thinking that, okay, um, if we got this right, we'd probably get this right another time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it humbles you in a sort of way, failure. Yeah. Um, just taking, taking, taking the, the, the lessons with an open book, I guess. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely, you, you find that there is no shortage of failures in entrepreneurship or even life in that case. I think, um, 
it's it's something that where like you're 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 so like you have an exam that's due like in two weeks or anything like that like you're constantly being tested mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like this client is the client that might get you to where you want to go mm-hmm. and you have to do your best and you might lose that client right and um actually this is going to be a bit more of a detour right um into a different question sure. right uh so you've briefly just told us about your failures where green practice started mm-hmm. uh, and you've told us something very peculiar you said that you know that quote thank god we failed mm-hmm. right so is there any decision right now that if you could go back and change would you change anything about your journey with green pact hmm. um um like in its so we like put together the, the legal bits of of uh, of green pact just right after high school so we were just hungry 18 year olds by then mm-hmm. uh if i was to go back then advise myself would be um make decisions quick uh the mm-hmm. reason being that we were very slow and we just had a lot of doubt in okay whether um uh, the decisions we would we would make would uh, really uh, um like uh, turn out to be of any good um if I was to go back in time, I'd, I'd really make that the, the decisions we made uh, at that point in time would be much faster. So that mm. if, if it's if it if it's a wrong decision, we know that okay, this was a wrong decision. Um, and I think it's I'd, going going for the rather make the the wrong decision than than indecision. Mm. Yeah. So the only wrong decision in reality is indecision. Yeah, if I was to go back and advise eighteen year old Leo, was make that decision. Yeah, and as an entrepreneur, is it do you value speed and efficiency a lot? And mm-hmm. if so, what what are the three things that you value most in the entrepreneurial field that you'd recommend for every single entrepreneur to incorporate? Uh, okay, I think number one on that list has to be uh, speed. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it was uh, my single rubric of uh, how fast or, 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 or is it is it is it worth is it worth a journey? how how fast are you learning how fast are you moving um and also translates to how fast are you you know making impact um mm. the other the other thing is would be definitely agility um i have this qu- a quote from someone i really admire uh, okay. peter thiel and says that um the the road the path isn't infinite after all uh, check all the hidden paths Mm. is that um say today society uh, maybe gives you this this is the this is the the path to take uh take x in order to get to y in order to get to, to z mm-hmm. however you can take maybe a path gh which leads to z um <laughs> yeah i i think just being very very just let's being very open minded and seeing things where there wouldn't be a solution mm. yeah um i think the third one has to be resilience um <laughs> it's a I think very important very important uh, virtue in a in a in a in a entrepreneur and i think um based on what you do with the with the few resources you have at hand at the beginning um like it or not in say five years or or just four years you'd be judged with uh based on how resilient you are and how consistent you've been mm. with that uh, with that journey so I'd say, um, w- would you say consistency, resilience, and speed of, speed of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If it was yeah. to 
I'll break those two because I know that the, the, the probably uh, independent of each of each other yet still mm-hmm. codependent um, mm-hmm. resilience and also consistency. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, now this question, the next question, I guess we're going to move on to mm-hmm. is um, if you had a school, if you mm-hmm. could start any single school, like uh, and it was a let's say a leadership school or a school teaching entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Right. What are the three mandatory classes that you would make students go to? Um, so if the three would probably be uh, writing, the uh, the writing class that's mm-hmm. like English or any other language, um, probably be physics. Mm-hmm. The third would probably be uh, let's see, um, say, uh, it looks bored, but then quote unquote entrepreneurial leadership. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just had to throw in an ALA class in there. <laughs> uh, uh, just maybe see uh, vaguely uh, entrepreneurship, but then with mm-hmm. uh, specific modules that that go further on. Uh, my 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 reasoning behind that is um, so like today there's um, there's like more and more ideas coming out, and as much as as much as ideas is a very important thing. Uh, inference is also a very key component and often hidden mm. and, and, and I think with it, this influence uh, there's no way you get this apart from uh, perfect nut art of being able to write coherently and also persuade persuade others putting your idea in a um, in a way that, mm. that, that that's able to convince say um, an important decision maker somewhere to make that move or, or even uh, inspire people to like uh, come to and join you with whatever you 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 working on. Mm. I think I also believe that um, the strong the biggest leverage you can have over um, over over a group of people is being able to inspire them. So that uh, that aspect of being able to write and properly articulate what you uh, what you have uh, either in written form or it verbally, I think is very important. Mm. Um, and then, and then physics. Uh, the reason I'm saying physics is, uh, you know, in today's world, uh, <laughs> in today's world, pretty much everything is 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 about science, and you learning mm. you learning how to uh, 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 how how things work really opens your mind to what to what more is possible. Um, if those to be a substitute for physics would be computer science. Um. Yeah, I was actually wondering why you said <laughs> physics instead of computer science. Uh, uh, I think they pretty much were from each other in terms of mm-hmm. um, the approaches they take. Uh, reason being that okay, um, as much as as much as um, it's, a, it's a technical sub, I really believe that with with physics, at least the kind of thinking it 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 gives you. Um, the main takeaway, of course, being critical thinking, being no, knowing how to think, mm. um, to think, to navigate, say, big problems or problems which might otherwise be uh, uh, very hard to solve for, say, mm. someone who's who's not being who hasn't been exposed to that. Mm. Yeah, that, that's that, that's the reason. And, yeah, and I think just briefly because we're we're quite familiar with entrepreneurial leadership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, uh, at the African Leadership Academy, we have a class called entrepreneurial leadership so you basically learn the the fundamental like foundations of uh design thinking so that's basically seeing a problem and finding a solution to it you learn how to make a business model canvas and in your second year of the academy you actually get the chance to start your own 
business or you join the one that's already been existing. And I think it's yeah, I definitely agree with you. Entrepreneurial leadership mm-hmm. has definitely shaped who I am today. And the leadership part also focuses on who am I as a person mm-hmm. and who am I as an entrepreneur? What's my purpose? And there's a lot of introspectivity within the class. I think that's really valuable. Mm-hmm. And um would you comment on anything else? From uh, the class, like, why did you pick entrepreneurial uh, leadership? The last was, I'd say, vaguely entrepreneurship. Um, mm-hmm. In specific, I'd say design thinking. Uh, the reason why I say design thinking is uh, maybe to maybe uh, try and explain to, say, the listeners who might not be very conversant with what design thinking is. So design thinking, it's saying it's full, is a human-centered design thinking, and it's basically an approach of how do you approach a problem, how do you go about dissecting the problem and then coming mm. up with a solution how do you go about uh, coming up with a uh, an mvp a minimum viable product that uh, or, or just simply put the worst form of, mm. of a product uh, uh, the reason i stick on on design thinking in is, is is because um although 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 it might have existed in in, in some forms or people might have been doing it and not knowing it the reason why it needs to be a conscious thought is mm-hmm. mainly because we use it in more areas that, than 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 we think, yeah. and it's especially <clears throat> especially useful in uh, where this, uh, how how your product looks um, if that's really holds a very big leverage on a product or service that mm. you uh, deliver it really matters. For example, if you're going to uh, write some software. Um, your UI really matters. You you, sorry, the UX also uh, matters as well. Uh, so that that in itself, those processes really really matter. However, however small they are, they, they really matter for the end consumer. The the more fatigue I'm, I I have using uh, an app, I probably just uh, not use it all. Mm. Uh, in the in the last one, just delete it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, I I definitely agree. I think design thinking is is something that is so underrated and so many people haven't gotten the chance to learn it in a school uh, in a school environment and I'm one person who lobbies for entrepreneurship to be taught as, at school or design thinking at least mm-hmm. because the whole point is that it's kind of like math we we question why we do it but mm-hmm. it's it actually allows you to have a lot of transferable skills uh, yeah. Like you can literally from math, you can um, just come up with basic deduction that this will equal that. And sure. also if you're getting into business, like you can't really run away from math. If you're getting into that that aspect of financing your business, mm-hmm. you're going to ne- need to learn about tax percentages. You're going to need to learn about things like breaking even. You're going to need to learn about profit, value added tax and sales tax. All of these different things that need to incorporate math in them. So the same thing with design thinking is that you can use design thinking, it's basically to solve any single problem. Mm-hmm. And that means that you can have entrepreneurs who are in the external world who are solving outside problems, and then you also have intrapreneurs, right? People who mm-hmm. are within companies mm-hmm. who are working to solve a problem that that company has. So I bet you that, for example, uh, Kenya Airways is going through a very tough spot right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the, the next CEO that they end up finding is going to need to import a large amount of design thinking into creating a strategy for the next year. Because within that company, you need to understand the whole company culture, mm-hmm. and then you need to actually change it. Mm, okay, I see, yeah. I see. However, I have defying views on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, in my view, I think 
probably KQ is probably an example of what uh, uh, um, um, having a legislative component to to to, to decision making really does to an organization, especially mm-hmm. of that magnitude. Um, I was strong opinion that uh, the 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 decision making uh, probably is not going as fast as possible mm. was as it should be mainly because it's a legislative component to 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 it say for example the decision made in the um in the board level that has mm-hmm. to be agreed on by the legislative which also has their own agenda agendas yeah. as well so that really cripples the whole uh, the whole at the end organization you know with how it operates how um, what value it ends up giving to the consumer. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I see where you're coming from. And uh, I guess that moves that moves us on to the next sort of area, right? Uh, because we're thinking of uh, such huge companies and even small to medium enterprises have to face things like taxes, right? Uh, and that's like legal stuff. Uh, you have to face legal barriers and, uh, for example, things like private sector corruption, theft by servant, where your own workers are stealing from you, right? So right now, we can just generally agree that in Africa as a whole, right, mm-hmm. um, there is an inherent culture, right, in a lot of places. It's not just, it's not like a stereotype, but in a lot of places, you're finding things like theft by servant. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of private sector corruption where you find that politicians are getting involved with business atmospheres and then they start making monopolies and uh, from there that goes into all kinds of private sector corruption and then you also have rising taxes in a lot of African countries mm-hmm. right so as an entrepreneur right mm-hmm. even with uh, in, for, for example we don't like to admit it but Kenya is currently going through what is borderline a recession mm-hmm. right our economy last year was not being great it was the worst it's been as you said for in, in the last two or three years two right? years yeah. yeah two years Right. So as an entrepreneur, right, a lot of people are scared by these statistics, right, and these mm-hmm. uh, barriers, right. Mm-hmm. And you've you've had to live with those for the past year, right, mm-hmm. and possibly past two or three years, right. Mm-hmm. So what incentives are there for someone to start a business if they wish today, right? And um, what are the uh, returns on investment, as as we would say, right? If you were to start a business, like what what incentive is there for me to start a business today? Um, I think the biggest incentive uh, is that uh, there's probably a lot that the that the government is failing at or not able to uh, um, proficiently deliver, mm-hmm. um, and 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 probably some very basic items like say hygiene, um, education. Uh, the government is uh, really trying, but doesn't have that sort of capacity to mm. adjust. So those are a big, a big, a big, um, a big opportunities in themselves. However, um, the, the my antithesis to to that, or this my counter to that, would be um, there's a lot of taxation. Mm. Uh, <laughs> a, lot a lot of, of taxation. taxation. <laughs> if you're going to think about it, so think about um, what 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 what. Uh, what things come against you? So this is taxation. There is very um, again. I, I mentioned earlier that the the economy has been the worst for uh, the past two years. Yeah. And so this uh, probably if you make something that's not uh, good enough, 
um is not good enough not going to get users and 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 um just simply put i mean i think there's like more there are more um more reasons why you shouldn't start a startup mm-hmm. than than there are reasons <laughs> for starting a startup uh-huh. um i think the reason uh, my biggest uh, um, something i really believe in is that a startup is not something you can game it's not a system you can you can game mm-hmm. uh, the reason being that say for uh, for for education or just say education system if you want to if you want to 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 let's say ace a test uh, you'd probably do remedials or study very hard for that specific day study very hard um, maybe cram a little bit more than ace your test right but then what mm-hmm. happens after that that test um, most of it you probably uh, we didn't uh, um how do i put it um mm-hmm. mostly ever 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 for it right um <laughs> look at it in the in this way say for say uh, the act is a good example mm-hmm. the why do you think there are very many um very many test prep uh, um organizations out there yeah khan academy um the reason the reason especially just especially for like international tests the minimum is that this is a system that can be gamed um mm. if you if you do the right amount of x um we can guarantee you a better result whereas mm. that i would argue not the purpose of what um education should be um on this other end uh, there's no way you can game the system with um, with entrepreneurship because it's either you have it or you don't mm. um take case in point um if you make a product a product that no one no one wants um there is nowhere out of the blues that see someone would uh, uh would 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 uh, buy it if it's if it's truly a bad product mm. uh, if it's a truly good product it would um network of effects will lead to like mass adoption and mm. that so those are the kind of beliefs I, i i do have that it's not really a system that you can game or if you game you won't you won't game it for too long. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people um it is it's kind of hypocritical, right? A lot of not sorry, ironic as well. Yeah. Mm. I think that there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are uh basically giving people their story and telling them that this is the way I succeeded, so it's the way that you're going to succeed too if you take this path. But a lot of people realize that it's it's not guaranteed like the world is always changing yeah and every single day platforms will come out right whatever or some new marketing platform like tiktok might come out or uh, you never know like god forbid a war might start in your country mm-hmm. and you might have to become a refugee and go to a different country like mm-hmm. people don't understand the different circumstances right and just because something worked for someone in europe doesn't mean that it's going to work for someone in kenya And even when we talk about Africa in a large scale, uh-huh. we have a lot of um, shared components within our countries. But generally speaking, we also have our very defined borders. Mm-hmm. And within those borders, there are certain laws that are different. There are certain cultures that are different. There are political climates that are different. Uh-huh. So I guess there's no rule book for entrepreneurship, really. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think the, the single rule book that applies is just make... Um, uh make something that um a user would pay for um i think that mm. that's the bare minimum rule um that's the least you can 
that's the least you can do with entrepreneurship. Mm. Um, the, the user has to want it, of course. Um, has to be useful within a sphere, and then they have to be able to like pay for it. Yeah, no, I don't. Willing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the def- like the few rules, obviously, that that are like broad, mm-hmm. like um, obviously, like you you can't be an entrepreneur. If you don't expect to work hard, right? And um, I think it, this it's a multiplexed thing where like the there are general rules but you have mm. to really apply those rules it's not like i'm not saying like don't listen to uh that entrepreneur that you look up to or that's <laughs> Elon Musk it's like they have those are the, that's their two cents right mm-hmm. but a lot of people also discount the fact that all of these entrepreneurs were not just self-made it's like some were self-made in quotes but they were surrounded by people who inspired them they were surrounded by all kinds of things that eventually impacted the way that they run their businesses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's it's definitely it's an important thing, right? Um, for entrepreneurs to realize that. And I guess now since we've just talked about entrepreneurship and the entrepreneurial environment, right? You as an entrepreneur, would what would you recommend for someone who wants to start their business? And um, would you recommend someone who's thinking about it but isn't sure to go ahead and start? Um. I'd say, um, I think success, especially with uh, some very unconventional parts like entrepreneurship is, involves, heavily involves a lot of luck. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I say this is, if you look at those very successful uh, uh, um, individuals, uh, companies, um, for them to get a certain break, they had to be, uh, obviously the constant is working very hard to um, mm-hmm. On what they're doing and then they had to be at the right place at the right time so that involves a lot of luck of course um, even with privilege uh, even with privilege it it involves um, some level of luck and also some level of hard work for you to be able to like hit that um, that level where you can say okay I've made a, I've made a break mm-hmm. um, if someone tells you that they weren't lucky um, they weren't lucky with the journey uh, I'd, I'd highly doubt how 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 authentic that um, mm-hmm. that 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 story is, because uh, yeah, I think whether we like it or not, there's definitely some amount of luck that 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 really 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 uh, plays. Yeah, no, I guess that feeds into the concept of speed as you were telling us about, mm-hmm. because you never know that lucky decision that you might make, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'll give an example from my life, right. I mean, I'm not a big time entrepreneur, but you have small wins, and when you have small wins, I guess you have to like note them down. <laughs> Is I was just telling Leroy on the right uh, to um, you know where we're recording, right? Uh, I was just telling him about how on TikTok, right? It's a new platform for those who don't know, where there's a large amount of organic reach, so you can post anything and have zero followers, and if it hits well with the crowd, then it can get up to literally 50 million views like tiktok is absolutely crazy because of how much organic reach it has so when you're in the entrepreneurial space even in a place like tiktok right Mm -hmm. and you're trying to build a personal brand it's all about speed and it's all about quantity like you said uh, rapid iteration yeah so you never know what's going to hit with your customers so i just i've been doing videos every single day and one day i literally made a basic video about um how Kenya looks, right? And I showed people the Savannah side of Kenya and I showed people the city side, like Nairobi, right? And like today it has 51,000 views mm-hmm. and that came from out of nowhere, mm-hmm. right? So that was, for me, that was luck, 
that was heavily mm-hmm. based on luck and i think yeah that's definitely important like if you're thinking of getting into business like don't waste your time thinking that okay you know what i'm going to try one thing and make it the best thing that i can because as hard as it may seem the market might just not want that you know have you experienced anything like that where you've put your all into it and yeah, then it just um, gets turned down yeah true 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 i mean um i'd say the the market is particularly unforgiving um, <laughs> for any organization um so yeah of course we have um various various uh, scenarios where we uh, do something and think okay this might be a very great idea but then uh, putting it out there turns out not to be a very good idea um yeah i think um i think that's that's especially um highlighting the 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 need for being able to um uh, the need to like think in a design thinking approach where uh, for you to for you to say this this is good uh, you must have social proof Mm. So that social proof is is more of, uh, you've engaged with customers customers say they like the product um they say they love it the, these features and would be x for this amount of uh, say goods or or this uh, uh, amount of service yeah mm. yeah and no, I think the social proof is is definitely important and um sometimes it yeah as like as we we we're just going back to luck like mm-hmm. sometimes You know the market is weird. It it's very weird because some weird consumer trends that I've seen in the last decade or so is purely because it was on social media as well, right? You're finding things like fidget spinners mm-hmm. having a high amount of social proof proof because people are like buying it, right? And then soon you find they start having, you know, brands like, you know, start putting brand names on it, they start putting um superheroes and all that. So yeah, social proof is really important because with social proof you can literally sell anything. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you know Ashley has let's say this new phone and then you find that Ed also buys the new phone, you kind of feel left out sometimes and then that creates that social proof of this is a good product because mm. these two people have it, I should also use it. True, true, true. true. I think it's just usually mix of okay, being at the right time and also the right person seeing you uh, see product or in this case TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and at times it can be uh, somehow somehow confusing. Um mm-hmm. uh, I think case in point. So I have a friend who uh, made this uh, this app where the only thing you could uh, you could uh, 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 send over to your friend is a hi so it uses mm-hmm. maybe a, a high up but then the, mm-hmm. the rate of which it was adopted was it had over 5 million uh, downloads you know wow. yeah had over 5 million downloads and um okay of course just something that he didn't think would 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 pick up and wait let me just get this straight mm-hmm. you can only send hi yeah back and forth yeah you just say hi 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 and there's no special like emojis where you can add no just hi yeah Yeah guys that's that's proof social proof right <laughs> and you said you had 5 million downloads right yeah was he able to monetize it um yes yeah, so of course of course with ads here and there uh, but then he's working on other uh, some very important things now <laughs> <laughs> guys yeah no actually it's it's really crazy how you can literally sell anything like he's that's a very good example and i heard another one where i think it was in 1980 something right they were selling pet rocks Mm-hmm. like so like you know maui like you know proper rocks right mm-hmm. and um they had a like a feeding manu- manual and everything how to feed your rock how to to wash your rock and everything 
And the crazy thing is these guys made the product as a joke, but eventually what happened was within 2 or 3 years mm-hmm. these guys had made over 1 million dollars in sales. Mm-hmm. And this is in the mm-hmm. 1980s. Yeah. To sell pet rocks is crazy. Like I don't know like if we had like a lot of those weird stuff in high school as well like we had these other funny I think you're supposed to put them so that they help plants grow but mm-hmm. you have to put them in water like the wow. small like bead kind of things and then they mm-hmm. swell up into like marbles. Oh. So people used to bring them to school in like <laughs> paper bags and uh-huh. everything and and then um you used to just exchange them. It was really weird but it wow. it hit just just some concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So we're going to move on to the last section of the show. This is probably my favorite part of the show. Uh we're just going to ask some some more personal questions, right? Uh-huh. And also there's going to be a bonus question. Um <laughs> it's like it's a game round. But mm-hmm. uh so far the record uh, is is 3 you find out what for in in a few guys but <laughs> we'll we'll just start with the personal questions um uh first right so if you could have dinner with anyone alive or dead who would it be and why hmm if you'd have dinner with um uh someone you really do admire has to be of of a Jovanji Mm-hmm. Uh so she's a she's a black female director based in the US. Mm-hmm. And uh um what I think her superpower is being able to bring to life narratives which wouldn't have uh, seen the life especially in uh, today and in, in the environment which she is uh, she's in uh in the US. She's a US uh, film director. Mm. Um I think for her um uh, really she really uh, pushes me to be um that person who still isn't there right so if mm-hmm. there if you looking to do something and that product doesn't exist yet um build it if there is that entrepreneur who uh, say uh, has hasn't achieved say x x and y in terms of say um with delivering a product then be that person and and i think that that sort of you know um that sort of push really um drives me for most of my days and not just with the, the inter- entrepreneurial aspect the social life as well as the personal life as well that 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 that, that really draws me to to her and what she she stands for uh, she's behind this very um very famous film mm-hmm. um the about the the the, the five when they see us oh the yeah Netflix when they film. see us yeah that was yeah. wonderful so she, she she's the she's a she's a person behind behind that and i think that really sort of you know really uh inspires me to like be that person who I'm not seeing be that, be that person who I'm not seeing that I say look like or say doing still yet. Yeah, no that's that's really interesting. Yeah. Um it's I think it's really hard uh <laughs> for and I'm I'm like I think one mm. thing that I'm trying to do is you said inference is a great skill and you've just mentioned that if you're not that if you're that entrepreneur who sees a gap, mm-hmm. right? Um you should try and fill that gap. Mm-hmm. A lot of us I feel though are too busy consuming a lot of content and not just content but we're consuming a lot of products whether it's at the mall or whatever that we're not really looking around us to see what's missing true true um right like today like the uh, life today especially 2020 uh, moves really fast so 
you know what would be seen as a luxury like slowing down you're seeing um just like even being in touch with mm. or, or um, see your surroundings um is no longer a luxury it's a necessity mm. and it's through those um it's through those 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 areas where you slow down is when you get to see okay this doesn't exist or maybe a frustration that you realize okay this now exists and, and things like that mm. yeah yeah no i think like it's 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 really like things are changing so fast as you've just said yeah they like do, they do. uh it it pays off especially uh in in the modern day to just pause and look around and i've i've kind of been doing a challenge right where i'll be very observant like if i'm walking through a certain area i'll observe right like i'll give you an example of what i did right um i was i, I go to university in cardiff mm-hmm. right that's in wales mm-hmm. uh and uh there there's a lot of the infrastructure in terms of technology is very well laid out so people have phones almost everyone has a smartphone and specifically an iphone right mm-hmm. a lot of people have iphones in uh, the uk generally and i was walking around and i realized most of these people were on their phones mm-hmm. right and when i would go around walking around cardiff there was literally maybe two or three billboards that i saw out of the whole time that i'd just be walking around and that's unusual like you know if you're in Nairobi you'll see a billboard everywhere mm-hmm. right it's like it's just classic right and then ask myself why is that so like i notice when people are looking down mm-hmm. that means that the consumption rate of social media in the uk is significantly higher compared to here in kenya mm-hmm. so what happens is you're going to have more social media ads than billboards right mm-hmm. and then in kenya it's going to be the opposite right unless you're probably on facebook and whatsapp which are the main um you know social media platforms in kenya Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it it sort of shares a constant that okay, um the fact thing that okay eyeballs are, are the new currency. Mm. So the difference with wheels being wheels being that okay uh your eyeballs are going towards social media um and and and, and social media is uh, monetizing the hell out of it. Mm. Um and and with uh, say here in Kenya where you might see a lot of billboards you just looking around um that's 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 that that's being um monetized by advertisers to uh, uh um run the industries mm. so i think that sort of um if it hasn't already bring bring light how 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 important that as the aspect of 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 whatever that uh, you bring to see a consumer uh, has the type of effect it has uh, psychologically to them uh, and also you know financially it, it also has to 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 them uh, case in point with mm. uh, see um um although it was banned uh, say betting adverts and, mm. and such um and now advertisers are now posed with a big a big void to fill in that okay, how do they add much more meaning and how do they deliver messages that are rich enough to inspire action mm. yeah yeah no i think if you're listening definitely one thing if you're looking to be an entrepreneur or even just um if you're looking to solve solutions you have to be really good at observing and it's like no one's perfect at it but the best entrepreneurs are the people that understand the context and then they use that knowledge and apply it to the context and they solve an issue in that context right like the famous statistic that made Jeff Bezos actually start Amazon was when the internet came out first right jeff bezos saw that 
it was growing like the usage on the internet was growing by 2300% every single year uh-huh. and he hopped on that he had 3300000 uh that he got from his parents and they invested in amazon and amazon is basically everywhere they're competing with everything they've bought whole foods they have a, a a web hosting service and everything and like you can just see how that all came from simple observation yeah even uh, even invested in uh, electric vehicles we have Rivian who which they mm. um, have a big stake in if not if not if they haven't acquired it yet i know they have ordered a very big uh, order around 200 electric vehicles mm. so they also in some in some aspects so competing with tesla yeah no i think it's I mean, uh, when you look at all of these companies, if there's one thing that they all share in common is that they're always observing and they're mm-hmm. always innovating, right? Even with Amazon, if you didn't know, one of Amazon's partner companies, Blue Origin, is also starting to go into space. So I think it was first Elon Musk's SpaceX, right? They managed to build the first reusable rocket, but now Amazon has just quickly caught up. So now we're getting a space race between corporate companies. Right, and that all just came from the simple, the simple uh, idea of observing. They're like, you know what, guys, there's a lot that's happening on Earth, but we can see that possibly, if we could get space travel up and running, it could be a proper business. Yeah, there's also Virgin, which is also into space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we were seeing all of these companies that are just basically basing it on observation, and now we're going to move on to the last question. <laughs> of today and this is going to be the game round (laughs) so we're going to give you an object right and this object can have a very like conventional use like Mm -hmm. like i'll say headphones for example and i'll say like that's obviously to like listen to music podcasts whatever right Uh and um you're going to have to name as many uses for it apart from its conventional use right Mm -hmm. in 30 seconds So, interesting. yeah, as of now, we're going to give you a chair. You have 30 seconds to explain uh, as many different uses for a chair as possible, starting now. Uh, chair can be a ladder. Uh-huh. Uh, can be uh, a desk. Okay. Chair can be a... Uh, uh, um, chair can be a... Uh, 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 mm. Uh, 10 seconds left seat, uh, chair can be um, can be time mode of is... carrying 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 something okay time is up <laughs> so far you've, you're doing great you you, you met the record <laughs> so we had uh, last week we, we had a guest actually come on and uh, she got three as well um, but I'm curious how can, how can the chair be used as a ladder like I'm curious how you came to that uh, if you need, if you say if not uh, um, uh, blessed uh, vertically, uh-huh. if you need to get to that, that to that see uh, that that cupboard up there. Ah, okay. You your chair. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. So you can basically replace the ladder. Um, if you like place the chair there, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And you said what? What else did you say? You said a desk. It can be yeah. That one I I got, <laughs> but. I can see it would be a very weird desk to use, <laughs> but it, def- it still works. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, let's see what happens next week, guys. If you guys have any recommendations for items that you want to do, right, please send them through to me. Uh, but generally speaking, it's, it's a very hard exercise. But this is 
this is essentially what entrepreneurs do on a daily basis, right? I also do this as a carrier. I think I mentioned that. Yeah, as a carrier, right? Yeah. Briefly <laughs> explain where that came from. Uh, like looking at the like if you to to get something on you on your head, right? Uh-huh. Um, if it would be a pot, it wouldn't. Uh-huh. It would it would it would topple over. Ah. But because this has a um, uh, has a higher how do I put it a lower is it higher or lower 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 yeah lower cog yeah lower cog uh you'd be able to carry it without it toppling over easily uh, so wow. you instead of putting <laughs> it on your head just put it on top of your chair and you thought of that in 30 seconds yeah welcome i mean if, you know if you're on forbes 30 under 30 definitely <laughs> you have to you have to have some sort of mindset you know and like just briefly before we close yeah guys honestly if you if you're interested in getting into entrepreneurship then this is something that you need to do on a daily basis at least like to practice you know first of all observation we've talked about observation <laughs> and then the second thing like these these things sound really stupid right like it's like you know who's going to think about the uses of a chair mm-hmm. but um Leroy had to import the same process of thinking when he was dealing with the sewer system mm-hmm. it's like if someone came to you and asked how many different uses of like sewer waste can you have and it's like no one would have said anything and then mm-hmm. after years of research right and this is like i'm talking about back in the day like 1800s and stuff no one would have thought that like waste would have had a purpose that's why it's called waste mm-hmm. right but now you came along you spotted this and said okay let me learn about this and you found a way to actually put that waste to work and which mm-hmm. i find it's really really inspiring and um i definitely think that it's 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 almost like um how do i explain this like a zenith point of entrepreneurship is like mm-hmm. where you can literally make a use for anything around you and uh, i don't know if they have these challenges at those competitions but <laughs> yeah we do exactly exactly an activity we do have at mm-hmm. uh, at, 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 at our innovation camps at Kambuni. yeah <laughs> yeah so anyways guys we're gonna close for today thank you so much leroy for being able to make it out here uh, it, was it was a pleasure and um for anyone who's listened in if you can make an account that really that be able to allow us to engage with you next time because you can only comment once you've made an account so it literally takes two seconds if you guys can do that i'd be extremely happy and uh next week we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence with gibson munane and how that's going to be affecting the entrepreneurial field and disrupting it so thank you guys so much thanks again Leroy. Yeah, and um we're going to see you guys next week thank you very much have a great evening